Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we are talking about cool marketing ideas that big brands are using. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 68. Today, we're going to dissect some of the big brands. What are they doing on online marketing with online marketing and offline even? What sort of things are they making work so you can start to have a look at it as well? We're going to pull it apart, give you some ideas, and hopefully, you guys can go away and implement those in your business. Now, all the way from Chile, Sydney town is Heather Porter. Hey, H. Hello, I'm sitting here by my heater, trying to stay warm, and I am tripping out on the whole thing that you are going into summer and you are sitting there in heat. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm in a slight heat wave. I think it's uh, it's 102 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around about 38, 39, 39 degrees today, which is getting warm for us. But yeah, you're right, we're going into summer, which is good. Um, I love the heat, but I would prefer to be near the beach. And you are in Palm Springs, so Palm everybody Springs. knows because uh, there's not a, probably a lot of places yet in the States that have 102 degree temperature. No, some still under snow, actually. In fact, what's funny, we, we had snow here last week. Go figure. But that's another crazy story. Anyway, how are you doing? What's going on with you? Anything exciting come across your desk this week? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was um, doing the finer details on our new brand because we're in the process of kind of, you know, shaping up our website and just rolling out some exciting new things in our business. And as part of that, I thought I'd revisit the whole, what color should I make my opt-in button (laughs) studies? Uh So, you know, because we always hear, should it be orange or green or red or purple or whatever color? And so I, I was digging into that a bit deeper and I found some great recent studies, which basically just re-solidify for me that we're simple human beings. We are. And the, the best way to color your buttons are green for the main action you want people to take on your website. So if you have different actions going on, you do green as the main one. The secondary would be um, orange or yellow. And the third one would be red, which would be the stoplight colors, of course. And when I say like three options, the best way to think of that would be if you had a sales page and you were offering like a paid in full, a payment plan and um, something else, you'd have your, your buttons colored in those three. So you want green to be the first choice that somebody always takes. goes with tables online. You'd always have green in the main table. You guys will probably have seen that if you have like, you know, it's just sort of this option, this option and this option. And then they'll always put green around the one they want you to take. So there you go, guys, a little tip in your marketing, and I was just reading a study that it, it really does work. You say green is you know for go, and you want them to take that action. Mm-hmm. What if your general website was red in color? Do they, is there any measurements? Have you read anything about that, whether, whether that hinders people staying on there? Or? No, I didn't because it's funny. They were actually one of the examples 
this, funny enough, the site was red, uh, had a red menu and it had a lot of red all over it, but they still used the green button in their opt-in box. And on a couple of the other pages I was going through, I, I could see where they were using yellow. So I think their main menu had like a green button in the top right as well that said become a member. Mm. And then it had, no, that's right. No, the opt-in, the lead funnel opt-in was green. And then the, the secondary button in the top menu was orange, which said become a member. And then everything else was red. So we're rebranding our site. It may have a touch of red in there somewhere, but we're going to have green buttons, right? Yes, we have a nice big green area that we want people to take action in. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, it's fascinating, this stuff. It's, it yes. really is crazy how people work, and uh, I love it. I love listening to this stuff. It's awesome. Me too. And what about you? What have you come across? Oh, well, I came across uh, just the other day. I found out that, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even a couple of months ago, Microsoft launched their Office Apps suite. So you could, you, know, you can now download Excel for your tablet for your uh, for your iPad. You mm-hmm. uh, can use Word docs and PowerPoint and that sort of stuff now on a, on a doc. Oh, sorry, on a tablet. So, you know, that seems to be uh, an interesting move. A lot of people have been asking for it for years, and finally they've done that. Now, Google have just come out this week, and they've launched their um, standalone Docs and Sheets app for iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. So essentially now, if you want to create your own doc document and you don't want to go and use Microsoft um, Word or Excel, then you can use the Google one that they've just uh, created as well. And I find it interesting that people or these companies sort of see this as part of the future. You know, people are now spending so much more time on their tablets than they are on desktops where it used to be the domain of people just on desktop computers creating these sort of spreadsheets. Now people are doing it everywhere as they go. So I think you know, mobile is really the future, and that's why these companies are putting everything they can into having these apps work on these platforms, these mobile platforms as well. So, uh, Google Docs and Sheets, I think they're calling it. So, check that out coming to a um, app store near you. <laughs> nice, <laughs> good one, Andrew. Good find. So yes, yeah. So this was so today's topic. We're talking about some cool companies that are doing some cool things online and marketing and that. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to have a bit of a chat about what we've seen. You know, there's a couple of examples out there that we can give and we'll share some of these in the, in the resource notes as well. But um, mm-hmm. there's some really cool, I love reading case studies about how companies are doing things because you learn so much about that. And I thought, you know, today could be a good day to do that. So that's what we're going to jump in and do today. Yeah, I'm excited about this because a lot of these examples we're going to share with you guys are examples that I've used recently in some of my talks. And I think, you know, you've used them in yours as a really great way of thinking about the future of online marketing and and content. And you know what they always say is that utilize ideas from other industries and people that are already getting results and you can absolutely bring them into your own business. So what we're going to talk to you about is stuff that's really working well for these these bigger companies that um, you can start to think about how you can use them in your business. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's kick it off. Where do you want to start? You uh, you drive the conversation and I'll play along. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So the first one, I got emailed from PayPal. We use PayPal as, as one of our payment gateways. And I got an email from them a few weeks ago. And uh, they were saying how they're launching their new educational side of PayPal. And I clicked into it. And it's basically the PayPal blog. And what's really cool about it is they're doing a whole 
area of education for small business owners. So instead of just, you know, literally trying to talk about their their gateway and their buttons and and this and that, they have launched a whole division that is all educational pieces. So it's a community, it's leadership ideas, it's small business growth topics. And again, it goes right on back to content marketing, content creation, content marketing to educate your client. And these articles have nothing to do with PayPal buttons, but they have everything to do with growing your business. So if you are growing your business, you get some great uh, topics in there. You're going to feel much closer to the brand of PayPal. Yeah, I think that's you know a brilliant, brilliant move on their behalf because if you really break it down, who is using PayPal? Is it the corporate companies that are using PayPal? You know, they're not really using no. that. It's more of your your mum and pop shops. It's more of your um, your solopreneurs, your entrepreneurs, the small business people that want to mm-hmm. have an easy method of collecting payments without going through the rigmarole of you know creating a bank account and getting a merchant gateway and all that sort of stuff. So they really are just focusing on giving good value for their target market, which is the small business owner. So I think it's a great move that they've done this because it's going to keep people coming back and uh, keep them interested in what PayPal are doing. And oh, by the way, we can also help you set up your payment gateway for it just using PayPal. So I think it's a brilliant move that they're doing here. They are, and yet, and exactly right. They're tying in how you can use PayPal with some of their articles. Like, um, I it's, it's PayPal here. That's what it's called. I think that's that new app that you can get on your mobile device and actually charge credit cards on right. the run. Mm-hmm. You can get that turned on into your PayPal account. Uh, you just can apply, and it's really cool. We we got it as well. So what I'm seeing in some of these articles, like they have a whole category called mobile and they're talking about the future of mobile and business. And of course, what a great opportunity for them to subliminally market their PayPal here, which is their mobile app that they use. So very smart because you don't feel like you're getting pushy marketing. It's all about the ed- back to the education. Even their name is called PayPal Forward. Yeah. That, that's the name of their, of the blog. Of their yeah. blog, PayPal Forward. I like that. It's very clever. Very, very clever. Yeah. So that's the first one I quite liked. And um, this other one, actually, you brought to my attention and I loved as we started diving into it. I'm going to be watching some other videos for sure. And that's Rolex. Oh, Rolex. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've um, you had a bit of a look around Rolex. Do you want to give us, a, you give us what you discovered on Rolex? Here's what I love. They are very, very strategic and very smart. They are not putting content out for content's sake, and they're using each social media platform based on what that platform wants to hear. So they started out with the YouTube platform. Uh, they launched that back in 2012. And instead of showing beautiful images of their Rolex watches, instead, they went out and they learned exactly what their market is interested in. And they have produced in-house documentaries on adventure, on, you know, fancy cars, amazing travels. So they have like a Himalayan expeditions, deep sea uh, missions to investigate, you know, ice caps and things like that. So really high level, beautiful documentaries that have nothing to do with their watch, but everything to do with the interests of their clients or potential clients. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really cool way to do it because – you know, there's only so many pictures of a watch you can really show, yeah. right? But yeah. but who wears Rolex watches? Who are the who are the clientele that wears them? You're not going to get you know your average um, uh, twenty thousand dollar a year student wearing a Rolex watch. It's all those higher end sort of people. And what do these higher end people like to do? They like to go on adventures to the Antarctic or to the Himalayas or the jungle or whatever it is. And the more you can. In- 
uh, the more you can engage that side of their interest, the more you'll keep them watching and coming back for more about Rolex. Exactly. Now, another thing I love what they do as well is how they use their Facebook page is they actually, uh, before creating content, they go out and what's known as mine the comments. So they are looking for what their clients or their followers or fans are saying about their brand. They go out and they use, you know, kind of nice, fancy tools. We've talked about some of them in the past, but to go out and see what people are saying about their brand. And then they actually then create the content. So like they, uh, in Rolex watches, they have the old school clockmakers, apparently the, um, you know, Roman numerals, they use the four ones rather than the one and the V. So apparently there's all these conversations around social media about why do they do that? So they listened and then they created this whole content piece around the why and they put that on their Facebook and it was apparently one of their biggest posts uh, upon their launch of using Facebook. So again, um, in YouTube, they're using it as an educational place, which we've already always said, use it you know, to teach and inspire through your videos. And on Facebook, they use it strictly as conversation. So they go uh-huh. look for the conversations already started over here, and then they continue it over on their page. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah, doing it very, very well. So keep your eye on Rolex and what they're doing. Absolutely. Now, Excellent. the next one, I look, I love this. I don't even know. Oh, no, I, I do remember how I came across it. I was on Facebook and then one of my friends had shared this one and um, in the States. And it's Diesel Jeans. They've created this video that's all about um, it's dangerous to dance in jeans, which the title alone, if you hear that, you think, what? what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you want to click on it. So then you click on it. Now, what they've done brilliantly right now, there's this huge trend and it's been there for a while, but we have So You Think You Can Dance, um, which just finished here in Australia. And I think it's still in the States, right? The, the, mm, yeah. I be- I be- I'm, I'm not going to admit to even. You're not gonna admit, you, you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> But dancing is like suddenly it's huge again. You know, we have like hip hop. We we have like what a hundred genres of hip hop dancing that have come up. And um, what they've done is they've basically taken the top genres of dance and their entire denim line, and they put dancers in their jeans, and then they have them go through the A through the Z of dance steps. So it's a very amazing video. I think it's like ten minutes, and and each dance step or dance move. or type of dance has a little um, clip in there. So they're highlighting their jeans on really funky dancers that are right up there with a trend, which is all about the different dance steps that are happening. So what a brilliant thing to do. Again, they're not even blatantly saying, here, look at my jeans. It's actually an educational video for dance, but their jeans are just what the dancers are wearing. From memory, do they f- they filming it on top of a rooftop of a building? Yeah, it's really it's really industrial. It's it's uh, yeah. You're right. It is. It's outside on a roof. It looks like at least. Looks like it. Yeah, that's a that's a great. I remember you sent me the the link and. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at thinking, yeah, whatever, I'm going to check it out. But it was great. I, I was watching the whole way through. I thought, this is really cool. It's on a, if you guys Google, we'll leave a link in our show notes as well. Hi, highly worth watching. Uh, it's called The Dangers of Dancing in Jeans. And it's on, um, you just Google that uh, with diesel, diesel jeans, and it'll come yeah. up for the place online and you can watch it. Great. Awesome. Very good. Diesel, diesel jeans. Again, do you, do you guys notice the themes here? People are using trends and they're using education and they're not flogging their product. <laughs> 
So the next thing I think is only in Australia, maybe elsewhere. I'm not sure, but uh, I love this. So this is a new division of McDonald's that they've opened up. It's McDonald's Questions, and they actually have a website that they've created which, no kidding, is an uncensored experience where you as a consumer can go and type in anything you want to know about McDonald's. And they have some abuse on that page, let me tell you. But yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> they literally have opened up for complete 100% honesty and feedback. And this is all part of their move again to try and prove that they're healthier. Um, but to really open up as an opportunity to hear what their clients want and what their challenges are with the McDonald's brand. So how it works is you type your question in and then they've utilized the sort of social media look and feel, the Pinterest look and feel. So it looks like a big pin board with lots of questions and then McDonald's representatives go in and answer those questions. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. It is a funky looking site. It doesn't look McDonald's-ish. It doesn't look corporate-ish. It looks very... It just looks like a, you know, not an average site. I mean, it's a well put together site, but it does look, it doesn't look like you're feeling that uh, fakeness of a large corporate site, if that makes sense. No. It's very earthy, earthy colors. Uh, and, and, you know, they even answer their questions with a bit of a uh, bit of fun as well sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, depending on, I guess, I'm not sure who answers their questions, if it's the same sort of person or they have a team, but... Yeah, they always they always put a bit of uh, bit of fun and um, effort into their answers too, which is great. I have to admit that's it's so brave to do that in your business. I mean, it's one thing to go around and be proactive about what people are saying about your brand on social media, but to actually create a platform in your own space for people to come and potentially abuse you. <laughs> It's like, it's pretty brave, but what an amazing way of learning about what you're doing good, what you're not doing good, and what people want more of. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm just looking at looking at the site now, and uh, the the question is, for example, so what are the soft serves made out of? Is it true that it's got pig, <laughs> pig fat in it? You know, and they're like, well, here's our ingredients, and they gave. They said, here's what we do: we add some sugar and milk, we mix it up, and we add some some other bits and pieces. It says here, and it says, if you'd like to see how we make them, check out this video we made especially for you, and put this person's name in there in the answer. And said so that'll give you all the info you need about our soft serve. So they actually have created a video for this person as an answer as well. So. Yeah, you know, hopefully they they actually come back and read the answers. Um, but I think yeah. that's that's great. That's great. It's very very cool. Really great idea. Great concept. And again, you guys, what we'll do is we'll put all the links of the websites we're talking about in our show notes on our website autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast, and just go to this show sixty eight, and it'll be there. All right. So what else do we have on the list? Next up, we have, and uh, this is another one that you. Um, called my attention on it. It's the Coca-Cola content that they're doing. Oh, uh, yes. Well, you know, Coca-Cola came out last year and they they really, I think they called it the 2020 strategy. They're looking towards the year 2020. They knew that content was where it was at. You know, there's only so much photos of a Coke can you can really put up there and people get excited about. So now they've gone into a whole range and this site is massive. This is a huge, huge site, but they've put a lot of effort into creating content that's all related around once again, their target market. Yeah, so they've got brands, they've got videos, they've got food. Uh, these are all different tabs that they've got on their site. History, music, and unbottled. So there's a whole range of things out there. Now, you just have to scroll down any, any of these pages and you'll see 
uh, mountains of content about all sorts of things, and it's just it doesn't seem to ever end. It's um they've got cooking cooking videos on there. There's you know it's um. Cinco de Mayo, if I can say that properly, it's the fifth of May coming up here, which is a big Spanish or Mexican uh, festival yeah. day, and you know they've got um, three unique drinks for any fiesta. So they're teaching you how to make drinks that haven't even got Coca Cola in them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know they're sharing. They're just they're out there saying this is this is what we've got. You guys can come along here. Look at what we've got to show you. We've got some of the best experts in the world contributing to. You know, one of the biggest brands in the world site, and uh, there's a lot of great information. So, Coca Cola, Coca Dash Cola Company dot com is where you'll find all this sort of stuff. But I, you know, it's it's quite a fascinating little little. It's quite a fascinating big site. It actually. looks like a digital magazine. And what I like what you just said is how the drink recipes didn't even have Coca Cola in it. Again, they're using, they're finding out what their market likes and what they want to learn more of and then they just give it mm-hmm. to them and it has nothing to do even with the coca-cola product is that's a whole secondary thing yeah exactly um yeah so that's coca-cola i'm not going to go too much into it but uh they they sort of branded it coca-cola journey um meaning that it's it's a journey that they're on with the customer you know the customer and you think about coca-cola you get introduced to it you know, when you're young and then you go through your teenage years or your early adult years and you start putting alcohol and stuff with Coca-Cola, <laughs> um, you know, so there is, it is a journey and, and that's where they see it as um, sticking with people for life, which is an interesting way to look it's at pretty it. pretty cool. Now, the next yeah. one we have is pronounced differently depending on which country you're in. So, I'll say American, Jaguar. <laughs> And I'll say Hagua. I, th- I think Hagua. in English it's uh, pronounced in, in British it's Jaguar. Yeah. Jaguar. 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 Jaguar or Jaguar, yeah. So they've um they've they're I really like what they're doing with their new F type Jag. They've got the new Jag out. Um, they're spending a lot of money on their branding and their and their whole campaign, but essentially they've come up with a a theme and a hashtag that's called good to be Love bad. It. And essentially what they're doing is they're getting all of the bad villains, you know, the cool villains. You know, we see um, some of those cool villains from movies that we all love to hate. And they're putting those sort of people forward as the types of cool guys that would drive this sort of car. And it's giving it that brand overall look and feel of this is too cool. If If you're not cool, you can't drive this sort of car. And good to be bad has been a hashtag that they've been using. But when the uh, when the uh, Super Bowl was on just a couple of months ago, they really lashed out. They have a they had a whole big control central because you know Super Bowl the Super Bowl of football is also the Super Bowl of ads. It's where everyone wants to see what you know these big manufacturers are doing. And they had a whole team. They called it the uh, the villains' lair, where they had a whole team of. You know, SEO specialists and um, social media experts. They had people from Facebook and uh, Twitter and um, also Google Ads, I think, where they could run ads instantly according to what was being said and what the sentiment was being said about either their brand or their competitors' brands at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, during one of the Super Bowl ads, there was a an ad from Tide, which is a detergent company, you know, just a, a usual detergent um, like washing powder company. I mean, yeah, washing powder. It's a, it's a big company, and they had an ad out there that was talking about, you know, you've got to be prepared for any situation. 
that's what tide's there for. And these guys quickly jumped on and they got, um, you know, a, a, a picture of a white shirt, a folded white shirt with a bow tie and some gloves that would be, you know, particular, you know, a bad guy would wear if he was dressed up. And they put a photo on Twitter and they said, you know, and they said at Tide, meaning at the Tide company, a proper British villain is always prepared for any situation, no matter how messy it gets. And uh, that's all they did. And that was just, they didn't even mention the car or anything like that. Um, And then they had the hashtag good to be bad. And, uh, you know, it gained a whole bunch of people sharing and posting around retweets and favorites and all that sort of stuff. So they were there quick. They did it. They didn't wait the next day or they didn't all come into the office after the Super Bowl and think, okay, what can we do? They were in a room in the villain's lair just looking for stuff that they could actually start to use as fodder for putting new content out on these social sites that day. You know what else I love too is is speaking of the conversations they're having with their competitors and and different other big brands. I loved the one where um, the Maserati put out the Ghibli, the brand new sports car, and then they tweeted, did you know that Ghibli means hot air? Seems appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they, that's perfect they didn't even like mention the Maserati brand but they're they're having they're poking fun and which is in the way they're doing their tweets and social media they're kind of being cheeky and they're being that British funny you know comedy and um, they're doing a good job with bringing in the conversation from other people rather than just pushing out their own message yeah it's just it's awesome it's awesome they've done some really cool things so that's that's jaguar yeah jaguar or jaguar it's um <laughs> it's a it's a yeah, look it probably has a little bit more of a budget than most businesses would have but it's the ideas of what they're doing and how can you start to think just i mean to put out a tweet about another car like ghibli is yeah, it doesn't cost them anything so it's just a matter of thinking outside the box and how can you use that information to your advantage well, just the fact that they've created their own hashtag, you know, yeah. to, to start to have conversations that way. They, there are definitely some key things in here anyone can use, I think. Yeah. So the last one that we want to talk about is, um, and, and you'll have to remind me, I think you know more than me, but the Oreo. What did Oreo cookies do? Oh, yeah, this, this was last year. And this is one of those ones that was just uh, talked about in marketing circles now as a uh, one of those awesome reactive pieces of marketing. But... In the Super Bowl, once again, last year, not this year, last year, the lights went out for, for a little while and everything went dark. The generator went down and you know everyone's sitting around going, what are we going to do? Do we, do we play the game and that sort of stuff? And Twitter was going crazy with all these people's uh, opinions of what was happening. And Oreo came out with a simple picture of an Oreo cookie uh, with a black background and basically just said, Oreo cookies still taste good in the dark. <laughs> you know, and that, that tweet, that that image and that tweet got shared and laughed and people thought it was clever because it was so uh, happening at the time. It was so current that people just said, that's very clever. How did they how did they get an ad out or how did they get that little – that piece with that perfect photo out so quickly? You know, because mm. – it was. It was. People were saying, "Well, Oreo must have pulled the plug just so they could run that ad," you know. But uh, it's just a matter of being, you know, thinking outside the box. How can I capitalize on current events and what's happening right now? I love watching 
I love watching current events, but not for the current events itself, but to see what the marketers can do with those current events. Yeah, I'm like you as well. I'm always looking for um, trends and then how do people and brands respond to them. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that whole Oreo concept. And again, I know that they have these people have really big teams behind them that are ready to have, you know, the graphic artist and um, people ready to create things on the fly. But look, we've talked a lot in the past about using things like Canva which is canvas without an S, canva.com, to create images. Even any, any business owner can go in there and create a quick image um, with a good background if they want to, to react to a trend or a newsworthy event. Um, so most people can actually do this in their own business without a massive team to use some of these different techniques we've talked about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you know people want get tired of being educated or trying to learn stuff but if you're just even just sitting down and next time you watch some tv ads have a look at where where do you try and work out where they got their inspiration for that ad for from yes you know it's like okay what's this ad all about is it relevant to anything else or is it just a you know a really completely disjointed ad and then start to watch it from a from different eyes and think how can i use that how can i use that whatever they're doing in my business as well and so on that point, uh, as we were going through this, we kind of jotted down about four ideas that we've come across, just four themes that these great companies are using um, that you can think about and how you can use them in your own business. So the first one is the commonality amongst a lot of these these concepts and these examples we gave you is what's called as trend jacking, what's known as trend jacking, which is simply just looking for trends or newsworthy events or what's happening right now and how can you create a conversation or join in a conversation around those those particular things. And the easiest way to do that is honestly twitter.com uh, log in with your twitter account left hand side you'll see the trends and what's actually happening and also even facebook top right gives you trends you know you can change those trends by the way if you see a trend and it's in a city that you're not really in or you don't want to know about um, this is how i keep up with what's happening in my hometown in melbourne is i have my trends set to melbourne so you can change that and look at the trends of different cities great well so if you want to run different marketing campaigns for different cities you can find out what the trends are in each of those cities as well very cool i love it so that's the first thing the second thing is creating content for community interests instead of creating content about your product or service Mm-hmm. So it's basically that whole thing of educating, doing the videos and doing things that your community would like. And what's really good when you get really good at this is that it's a pre-qualification tool because you're going to – if you get those interests so clear, the things that you're going to talk about are just going to hit those interests and everybody else won't want to hang out with you because you're not actually speaking their language. So it's just a beautiful way of not only educating and giving value to your potential market, but also pre-qualifying them for the time that they actually come in and become your client. Definitely, definitely. Um, the next one we want to talk about is storytelling too. You know, mm. we look at Rolex telling a story about going deep sea diving or, you know, trekking through the Himalayas. That's telling a story about what you want them to to feel and what sort of things you can do if you're in that sort of select group. So storytelling is becoming bigger and bigger as we go. And I was only talking to some clients just yesterday about how they need to create their story. And (laughs) it was foreign for them. It was like, wow, I didn't know that. I'm like, wow. And one of the guys is so into his business. He has a, um, 
he, it's a startup company. They're creating a new app, and mm-hmm. he's tattooed the name of the app on his on his calf. It's huge. Oh, wow! And we were talking about stories. And as I was walking out, I noticed he, his tattoo on his leg, and I said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you use that as part of your story?" And he looked at me with you know dumbfoundedness and said, well, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well." You've got to have that. that you, you're committed to your business. You're committed to making this work. Show people that, that passion. Show people how committed you are. You are so committed that you've tattooed the name of this. You can't let it fail because otherwise you're going to be haunted by it for the rest of your life. I said, and, and you want people to buy into this company, show them your commitment and your passion just by showing them the tattoo. I said, that's going to go a long way. And he's like, oh, I never thought of that. And I'm like, that's that part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Good one. And then the last one we have is mining social media comments. So basically looking at what people are saying about your brand or even your interests, the interests of your market, and then figuring out how you can join in that conversation. So what sort of content can you create to answer the questions or the concerns of those comments that are already happening out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's a great summary of all of that sort of stuff. I enjoyed today's podcast because it's always cool yeah. getting into some of those businesses I love. I love doing case studies because it just helps me get some ideas too, some fresh ideas. And uh, it's always good to share them with people that want to listen to them. And this, guys, these examples are so good. And the different pages and of, of samples and things we talked about today are so important for every business owner that if you've not checked our website out yet, now is your time. You definitely want to get your hands on these links. We're going to have a list of them and you can click on them and you can look at all these examples that we're talking about and we've spoken about. So autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast episode 68. They're all in there. You can go to our episode directory and just have a click and in you go and you'll have a full list of these URLs. Yes. Now, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spreaker or any of those other Podomatics or um, we're not on iHeartRadio yet, but we are on we're working one on more. It. One more. Is it SoundCloud? One of them. Yes. If you're listening to us on one of those, please leave us a review. Just give us a little review, however you think. Leave some comments on there if you like. We would really appreciate it. It helps us get the message out more because the more comments, the more reviews we can get, especially on iTunes, means the more that our show goes up higher in the rankings and people can hear us more. So we'd love you to help us get the message out. So thank you, H. It's been a good episode. Anything you'd like to add before we close it out? Just be creative. Use this episode as an excuse to get into your creative headspace and think about how else you can be talking about your business without talking about your product or service. Yes. All right. Well, enjoy that toasty heater of yours. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go and jump in the pool. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thanks, you guys, for your support. We'll uh, be talking to you in the next show. Bye-bye. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.